Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Lee Charles and you're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. We're so glad you can join us. Before you get into the word, Pastor, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for today. Just thank you for providing for every needs and just making where your words, you, we have your word right now and that we can use it and apply it to our lives. You knew Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. And welcome back to the morning Bible study as we continue in the book of Romans. Um, we are going to, again, go over. We're still in chapter five. We're going to go over that same <laughs> section of scripture. Just to give everybody a heads up on what's happening it's here. It's not this Groundhog morning. Day. It is not. And the reason being is there maybe some questions that people have. So we are going to reread this this entire section of scripture that we've gone over the past couple couple episodes here. And we also want to uh we're going to focus in on a, on a few key areas. All right? Um especially verses 20 and 21, but um especially those those ones. Now, of course, as anything, if the Holy Spirit is speaking, ministering to you, then yes, we want to hear. We want to, we want to discuss it, right? Mm-hmm. So we can all learn and grow. And as always, if there's any questions, we want to hear those too. That's that's how we grow, right? And that's part of the reason why we're doing this episode in this this manner, right? In this study this morning, in this manner. So um, before we kick off the scripture, can I get a volunteer to open us up in prayer, please? Did we do that already? Yes. Oh, we did? Okay. <laughs> well, let me redo that. It's not Groundhog Day, honey. Oh, yeah. Well, it might be. <laughs> it, it feels like that sometimes. It's <laughs> no, okay. I was getting ahead of myself here. So, um, so let's just get to the scripture. Okay. Thank you for correcting me. That's okay. And honey. we'll begin in verse 12 through the end of chapter 5. Okay. I'll read it. It says, Therefore, just as through one man... Sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who was a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense, many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from the one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, 
much more those who received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so, grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I wanted to connect a couple things um, real quick. Let's look at James chapter 1. Thank you, my brother. <laughs> Thank you, Patty. And when someone gets there, can they read it for me? One what? Uh, let's see. Bum, 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 bum. Fourteen. And 14 and 15, please. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Okay. So the end result of all sin is death. So as we're talking in this um, section of Romans chapter 5, and it's talking about how sin entered the world and death through sin, because the end product of sin is death, right? Um, let's look at verses 20 and 21. It says, Moreover the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ. And connect that with verse 13. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no sin. So we've talked about this before, that when Adam disobeyed God, sin had authority to bring about death in the world. So... Sin comes from the devil, basically, right? He disobeyed yes. God. He was an initially Lucifer, and then he decided he was not going to any longer be subject to God, but would instead replace him. And then God kicked him out of heaven, and according to Revelation, a third of the angels hmm. went with him, right? So yes. when God created the garden... The serpent was among the creations, right? But at some point, the serpent agreed with the enemy to offer a vehicle for him to deceive the woman and the man, Adam and Eve. Does that make sense to everyone? Are we tracking yes. that? So the enemy was in the world already is what I'm, I want you to understand. When God made the garden, it was perfect. But lurking, (laughs) 
just outside the garden and looking for an opportunity was the evil one. And the serpent yielded its, itself and its abilities, abilities, its body and abilities to be a vehicle and a mouthpiece for the wicked one, right? Yes. So, um, and we know it was a tangible thing because he said, cursed you are to eat the dust of the ground, right? Yes. He was speaking to a literal thing. Yes. And now we know the serpent of old is also Satan. But he was talking to a, a creature, a created thing at that point. So the, the person or the, the being where sin comes from, which is the evil one, was still present in the beginning, even in the earth after it was remade and formed and the, the garden was placed. Now, the consequences of sin have always brought forth death. The law didn't initiate death. In that way, there was spiritual death happened the moment that Adam disobeyed God. And that's how that was able to travel through all of humanity following him. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. Okay. So in verse 13, when the law of Moses came, it just highlighted what had already been taking place in the background. How come nobody can truly get to God and be connected? Because there is sin nature that has to be dealt with. Everybody understand that? Yes. yes. So when it talks about the law entered that the offense might abound, it doesn't mean so that everybody would sin more. It meant so that there will become an awareness of the intense and unending need for a savior for the blood of Jesus Christ to cover us. That's what the law did. When God came and gave the um, articulated the, the statutes to Moses, he was telling them, this has already been happening. And as it, as it stated, it rained from Adam to Moses. So this was happening in the background, but no one knew how to overcome it directly or to address it or to um, recognize it as what it was. So when the, the law of Moses, or the law, God gave the law to Moses, that particular law simply made clear and evident that we need God and he's got an answer. And it led us down the track to Jesus being the propitiation for our sin, our sin, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, and that his blood would be the one that covers all things. When we examine how God moves we've already talked about how he predestines everything and he has not left anything uncovered and since the scripture refers to jesus as the lamb slain before the foundation of the world before the world was even created initially because in the beginning god created the earth right the heavens and the earth yes and then at some point there's a breaking and then it was found without form and void so he created something and then it got removed from its standing. It was found in what's, um, I think the, the Hebrew word is, it means unreality outside of the purpose that God had ordained for it. So even before the foundation of the world, Jesus was already the lamb slain. He was already the payment for sin. So even taking back to looking at how Lucifer fell, God was not surprised by that either. 
He was not caught off guard by a third of the angels following after that. He was not caught off guard by, if he knows one thing, if he knows everything, then he knows everything, right? So there's no limitation on God in this, in any kind of way. So when sin is working, it always leads to the end result. And what Jesus did was liberate us from the eternal claim that the enemy would have through us committing sin because everybody sinned against God. So he provided a way for us to be reconciled. So I, um, and then verse 21 says, so that as sin reigned in death, meaning everybody would be, um, destined to the same end. If you were a human being on this earth, there's no way that you could keep the law in your natural flesh to escape the hold of the enemy, right? Yes. Yes. So it was the ruling factor and there was no help against it. Then when God brought um, sacrifice, he taught other ones how to do it, but he brought it in the law of Moses. Then they could do that and enter in, right? But then he did away with that and gave us the blood of the lamb, Jesus Christ. So that's all I wanted to say, I think. Well, well, there's more, right? Is I love how you brought up the sacrifices part because actually, so we we've already covered in Genesis two and when sin enters the world, mm-hmm. right? And, and of course you said the day the Lord said very plainly, the day you eat of this, the fruit of this tree, you will surely die. Right. Mm-hmm. Just cause Adam didn't understand everything that was contained within what the Lord said, didn't make it less important, right? Mm-hmm. But then you see, so of course, there's there's the fall of man in chapter 3, Genesis 3. Mm-hmm. But then in chapter 4, what's happening? You have Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. And they, wait, who had not re- received the law, mm-hmm. were bringing sacrifices and offerings to the Lord. They were taught to do that, yep. So, which is this incredible thing, but of course, and we know Cain's offering was rejected, mm-hmm. and of course, it makes him upset and angry, and the Lord says something, again, very profound, that if you do well, right, you will rule over sin, essentially, but if you do not do well, it waits at the door for you, mm-hmm. and that's for everybody. And its desire is to have this you. Desire, mm-hmm. Its desire, sin's desire is to have you. And you must rule over it. But you should rule over exactly. But mm-hmm. you should rule over it. That's the message for everyone. Literally, every person that has ever been on this earth, every person that is on this earth, and every person that will ever be on this earth. You should rule over it. Then the only way we can do that is through Christ. That is the only way we can do that. That's why we needed Christ. We needed a Savior. We needed someone to redeem us from that law, the law of sin and death, right? And we'll bring it back to Romans because of Romans 3.20, right? It says, therefore, no one will be justified in his, that's the Lord's sight, by works of the law. For the law merely brings awareness of sin. That was the whole right. We we talked about that in in contrasting Adam, the first Adam, with Christ, the last Adam, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Okay. 
he only had one commandment to follow and could not do it of himself. Could not do it, just the one commandment. Now, we have, the Lord gave 10 under the law. And people thought they understood what that meant. Same as Adam, right? Well, the day I eat of this, this thing, I'll die, right? But you misunderstood. That's why when Christ came, he said, no, 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 it's not if you actually murder your brother. Mm-hmm. It's if you have anger or hatred towards your brother, mm-hmm. you've already murdered them in your heart. Mm-hmm. It's not if you actually committed adultery, actually did the act or the deed, but if you even looked on this woman, a woman, with lust, then you've already committed the act in your heart. Mm-hmm. The Lord it's knows. Than what it, you know. <laughs> exactly. Just because we fail to understand what the Lord meant and intended, his thoughts and his ways, right? Doesn't take away from the point and purpose of the law, right? And and the Lord through Paul also addresses that in um, Galatians, right? 3.19. What was the point and purpose of the law then? Right, which is exactly what we just read in, in Romans 3, right? It brings about the awareness of sin. He said, that the, the law, it was added because of transgressions until the arrival of the seed to whom the promise referred, it was administered through angels by a mediator. Does everybody get that? Yes. yes. Christ being that seed, being the, the spiritual, uh, well, yes, from the heavens, and we, we were just reading that. It's in Romans. It's also in 1 Corinthians 15, right, that we were reading mm-hmm. uh, here in the past couple of days. Christ is the heavenly being and came in the flesh and is the last Adam. And through him, we have our salvation and our righteousness. Mm-hmm. Because hmm. Isaiah also points out our righteousness is as filthy rags. So even if we are trying to uphold the law, even if we think we're doing it, it's, it's dirty. It's mm. filthy rags in the sight of the Lord. So in other words, we can only, only fulfill the law and the prophets, mm-hmm. right? the commandments of the Lord, through Christ, through faith and believing him and upon him. Mm-hmm. And just a, a, a tip on the, the filthy rags, it literally means menstruation yes. cloths. And ladies, if you have spent any time about around any other women, you know that menstruation usually starts to sync up. Like the women's menstrual cycles will kind of lump together in, in time frame. And so imagine that when the women, like the children of Israel were moving around and then the women would go outside of the camp while they were on their menstruation and the, the cloths that they had to burn and to get rid of that that's multiple women's menstruation rags from all the days of their menstruation. So that's a big heaping pile of stenching (laughs) stench filled stinking menstruation cloths. Um, the smell, the sight, imagine that in your mind it's not just oh this is just mine and i'm just going to tuck it away and nobody's going to see it. it it's the heap 
that's how repugnant it is to God. It's a heaping pile of menstruation cloths that we're going here. God, don't you want this? Isn't this so lovely for you? I know fellas, I have some young boys here. They're like, I don't know what you're talking about, mommy. That's okay. <laughs> you'll get married one day and you'll understand. It's okay. Um, but also I wanted to go back. Oh, do you also want to say something, sweetie? Yes. So, so again, just to point out the law, right? Uh, so Romans, Romans three again, right? This is, this is 19 and 20. Whatever things the Lord said, it said to him who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God, right? So again, it brings about awareness of sin. Mm-hmm. That's it. Now, again, it only points to, we can only do this can only fulfill the law, the prophets, through Christ, right? And David, in Psalms, also was aware of this, right? Um, Psalm 25, 8 through 11, says this, right? Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he teaches sinners in the way. The humble he guides in justice, and the humble he teaches his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth, to keep to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. Right? He comes to the same place of recognizing who he is apart from Christ. That he's a sinner, but he recognizes that the Lord's good and that the Lord will teach him and show him how to, to live this out. And it can't be done in the flesh. David, throughout the Psalms, asks for the Lord to teach him and show him his, his ways and his thoughts. All right? He's not leaning on David's not leaning on his own understanding. He's recognizing there's a difference between what he thinks or how he thinks and what the Lord thinks and says or thinks and acts upon a thing. But also recognizes at the end, right, in 2511, that he is full of sin. And he asks the Lord to pardon his iniquity. And, well, as all of scripture points out, it points to Christ. And he's the only one that did it. And he did it off his redemptive work on the cross, redeeming us from the law of sin and death, paying the price for our iniquity or our sin, and freeing us from the law of sin and death. And as we also pointed out, we have to receive that. Mm-hmm. Psalm 32, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Um, if we look back at you, um, I think I, I mentioned something about God teaching the people before the law, his people, to um, how to bring the sacrifice. So looking back at Genesis, and you can kind of see where it got started. Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. This is after... 
they'd fallen and the Lord said, where are you? And they, the Lord laid out for them all that they had opened the door to by sinning in the way that they had. Um, verse 21 says also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. So that's animal skin. So he had to shed blood to cover their sin. Their nakedness in and of itself was not a problem because they were naked before, but instead they were covered by the glory of God. And when the glory covering was removed, sin was revealed and instead in its place and God made them coverings. So shedding blood there. And then when Cain brought his Cain and Abel brought their sacrifices, Abel brought blood, which is what God had already taught them. Why were they bringing the offering for sin, for their sin in particular? And even when we look at this, Abel came the way that God prescribed. He brought him first fruit. Mm -hmm. He brought him his best and he brought blood. Abel, I mean, uh, Cain brought, Abel brought the best. Cain brought what he thought would be a good substitute. He brought vegetables. And God setting the standard saying, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Come in the way that I prescribed and I have ordained for you, and that's it. So even Cain, when he said, well, I've got a good idea. Won't you take this instead? God said no. Did he still love him? Yes. And that's why he encouraged him. Get over this. Don't let this become a, a stenching, rotten thing in your mind and let sin devour you. Come, come up to where I am. I've explained to you and I've shown you the way to go. Come in willingly and, and go the way that I set for you. And don't give the enemy a foothold. And then we see Cain did not. He got angry with the Lord instead and said, well, you know, all the things that I can think that I have said against the Lord for why he wants to do things a certain way and grumble and complain. And it further gave the enemy a foothold. And then he ended up killing his brother. And then being on the run and physically separated, the eternal separation had already come into place, but God was still communing with them because he knew he was going to redeem them through the blood of Jesus. And he could cover them with a temporary covering of bulls and goats or sheep and whatnot that he told them, right? Um, so then you see, as you keep going through the scriptures, prior to that, you see um, Adam, not Adam, Abraham, Mm-hmm. bringing sacrifice to the Lord. You see Isaac and Jacob carrying that forth. So he still gave God, still kept true to what he said was acceptable, right? And then mm-hmm. it was the appointed per- time. Mm-hmm. And exactly. it was pronounced more fully when the law of Moses came and he explained it and articulated it again, how to do this. And then carried forward to Jesus ultimately is where God was getting this, this is a temporary hold until we got to the, the eternal thing, the eternal sacrifice and covering and not just covering, but blotting out. That's so right. bulls and goats could only cover. Jesus Christ removed, totally erased, blotted out, obliterated, thrown into the sea of forgetfulness, our sins. So far as the east is from the west, that's what he did for us. Because he is the sacrificial lamb. Amen. Or is so, and was and is. Mm-hmm. That is the grace that is reigning through Jesus Christ. That's the grace that's mm-hmm. reigning and abounding towards us Amen. through Jesus Christ. So let's believe and enter in. Amen. And and I bring this up because or we bring this up for a number of reasons, but two, 
And so we can have a, a more complete understanding of what the Lord intended, but then also let's reflect on some things in our own lives. And with this understanding that the Lord's given, let's rein some things in. If we're not right with the Lord in a certain area, let's, let's bring it before him. Let's repent and let's get things right with the Lord. Right? As we look at, uh, that's human nature, if you will, right? Or carnal nature, sinful nature. Well, the Lord is close. This is a good substitute. It's similar though, right? And the Lord says, no, it's not. And you see this throughout, throughout Scripture. Whether it's with Cain and Abel, or whether it's people building the Tower of Babel, oh, we're going to ascend to heaven. Right? It's the same, the same mindset. It's a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit. And it comes from the enemy who's always trying to counterfeit God. So we should be able to we'll not be unaware of the schemes of the, the enemy. We should be able to recognize it. And we should bring it under submission, ruling over it. Right? We can't do it of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We need the Lord. We need, well, the paraclete, the helper, the Holy Spirit to help us, to reveal those things, to give us discernment. And when we feel tempted, provides the way of escape. And let's let's bring those things before our Lord. Let's repent and let's get things right with Him. So we continue to grow, to develop, to mature in the things of the Lord and not be tossed away or tossed to and fro by every trap of the enemy, every wind of doctrine that comes up. Amen. Amen. Yeah, just just gonna say you you just mentioned uh, being mature, um, Kamisha. You mentioned uh, about Cain and Genesis four seven, and I think your version read sin is crouching at the door. Um, the um, I love the interlinear. I haven't brought that up in quite a few lessons, so it's time to <laughs> bring it's it back. Time. Please out. do it's a free app, guys. I mean, go, go to the original word, right, mm-hmm. and look at it. Don't. Um, there's nothing wrong with. Any version of of the Bible, if it's properly used right, it's used to glorify God, draw you closer to him, and draw your belief in his word. Um, But um, the the word there is um, teshuka, and it's better translated as its desire. And I'm not smart enough to figure this out. This is why we need the body. But uh, recently, uh, well, I guess about six months ago, uh, Dr. Coker, when he was Mm -hmm. in town, we were uh, talking about this, he and Mike and I. And he said, just he, he's looking at that and understanding sin as an entity, right? So, it's, so it's so its desire is to rule over you, and so you have something that's actively, not passively, something actively looking to rule over you, to 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 usurp your own reign. You should be taking over yourself, and then you should be submitting your reign over to Christ. Exactly. That there's something that's actively working against you all the time. It's an enemy. It's battling yes, you. Yeah, yes, but it's not necessarily what we would necessarily say the enemy, right? So most of us want to equate that to, to, to Satan or whatever, but it's, it's, it's quite possibly more than that. So dig into it. Look into it. You have some fun with that. I don't want to get off into the doctrine of that and all, but just, <laughs> just consider that and understand. You know, if we understand better, we're better equipped to defend and stand. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, I know it's a lot, so we'll give time. We'll pause there for today and give time for people, like, as you just pointed out, Dean, to study that out, search the scriptures, and and also to let the Holy Spirit minister to each and every one.
So can I get someone to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord. Just thank you for every day that we can come together, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for every day that you're in touch with us, Lord, which is every day, Lord. <laughs> and Lord, I also just thank you for guiding us with your Holy Spirit, Lord, and giving us everything we need to go through life, Lord, and make the right decisions, Lord, not trying to scrape around and find and try to piece together what you mean about that situation, Lord, but that you clearly give us plan and guidance for how we're supposed to move forward, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.